We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Good morning. We are grateful you are at the First Baptist Church of San Antonio, and this is the perfect way to begin our Great Commission Day. Right, we have the beautiful privilege of baptizing two this morning as we celebrate and work through the Great Commission together this morning. So as we gather, let's recognize this picture of repentance that baptism is. Let's think back to when we were baptized and the ways that God has cleansed us and made us new, given us new life in ways that only He can give. And so we're grateful for these two who have come to commit their lives to the Lord today. Uh, first is Sarah. Sarah, come down. Sarah, grateful that you have come for baptism today. Sarah, have you committed your life to Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord? I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death, and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. We have one more, Dalton, come on, come on down. Dalton, we are grateful for you. We're grateful that you are handing your life over to the Lord. Do you commit your life to, Je to Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord? I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this beautiful picture of repentance and new life. We pray your grace over Sarah and Dalton. Lord, we pray that you would remind us of your goodness and all of the ways that you have cleansed our lives and made us whole. Lord, come now and fill this worship with your glory. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Good morning. Pastor said, what a beautiful way to start this day as we, we look to this great commission. So as we continue in our worship this morning, I'm going to call your attention to Psalm 95 in the first two verses. I'm going to read these and let this prepare our hearts and our, our minds as we begin this worship service. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Amen? Yes. That's what we've come to do here this morning, so I'm so grateful. We're going to sing, Brethren, We Have Met to Worship, hymn 379. I'm going to ask you to stand. Some instruction. The choir will sing verse 3. They do it in a round, and I think it would be just harder to keep up. Than, so just listen on verse 3 and, and worship through, through the choir, and, and you sing 1, 2, and then join us again on verse 4. Got it? Stand together and let's worship.
brethren, sistren, we've met to worship. Would you welcome each other to worship this morning? The sweet sound of fellowship is just an indicator of God's presence and His power in the fellowship of a body of believers. And so thank you for encouraging each other, welcoming each other in these moments. It matters. Isn't it remarkable that Jesus' last spoken words are nearly identical to the first words spoken announcing His birth? I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Same global goal, same simple strategy. Speak to the human heart. Respond with faith and obedience. Share and teach what we've experienced and what we've learned. And the nations will be glad. And the nations will be reached with the gospel. So in a minute, we're going to pray. We'll ask God through his Holy Spirit to speak to each and every one of our hearts this morning. When he does, in a sense, it will be the same message he's been speaking for over 2,000 years. Repentance, salvation, obedience to each human heart, to the nations. It will be uniquely different for each one of us because it will be personal, it will be intimate, it will be for you, it will be for me. But the response, your response, our response should be the same. Trust, faith, worship. So will you lift your hearts to the living Lord this morning and ask that he fill this place, but more importantly, fill each of our hearts with his promised presence. Will you do that? Let's pray together. So Father, we do pray that through your Holy Spirit, you speak to our hearts. Draw us closer to you through a relationship, through repentance, through rededication, through obedience. Lord, use your scripture. Use moments of singing and worship and song and prayer to still, to still our souls and hearts and cause them to lift and look upward to you. Speak clearly. Speak loudly. Father, we love you. We praise you. Because in you is authority, in you is power, in you is grace, in you is hope, in you is power. And so may these moments in worship today matter for eternity. May they matter for the nations as we go from here into our homes, into our neighborhoods, into this city, into this state, into this nation, into the world with the gospel. Father, you are good. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
For 13 weeks, it has been a privilege to walk through Psalm 119. Don't you count the, the privilege to read Scripture a joy? Aren't you, isn't it a gift that we can gather together and just consider these great words that continue to inform us, to challenge us, to correct us when we need it, and to send us on our way? So we, we reach the end of Psalm 119 today. So follow along as I read these great words that end this chapter, Psalm 119, verses 169 to 176. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Let my lips utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. Let my tongue sing of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live that it may praise you, and let your ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. I am grateful for the word of the Lord. Let's continue to sing. What a joy this service has been to put together, to, to reach back and find these old camp songs, revival songs, these songs that speak of the Great Commission to go and tell. We have a story to tell to the nations. Hymn 586, jump to your feet, let's sing.
You may be seated. Amen. Children, come on down to the front. Y'all can come meet me on the stairs over here. Come on down, everybody. Good to see you. Good morning. Come on down. We welcome everybody watching on the TV this morning. We're grateful to have you a part of our congregation. Grateful you are a part. All right, come on down, everybody. Good to see all of you this morning. So I've got something, it's kind of small. It's a small piece of paper I want to show you and see if anybody can tell what this is. Can you look at that? Can you tell me? Yeah, it looks like it's, it's well, th this is not a birthday party, right? It's not a birthday party in a paper. What, what is it for the birthday party? Yes, it is an invitation to a birthday party. How many of you have ever received an invitation? We all got, what kinds of things do we get invitations for? Birthday parties, that's right. So have we all gotten something for an invitation to a birthday party? Have you ever gotten an invitation to anything else? Anything, anywhere else. What else do you get invitations for? What? Yeah, you can say it out loud. What? Yeah, for, for meeting people at your birthday. That's one thing. That's right. What else do we get invitations for? You know? What is it? Oh, yeah. If you have a, a block party on your street, you can pass out invitations. That's very hip. What's that? Oh, yeah, we've had some of those around here, too. Adoption parties, that's right. That's good. What else? A bouncy house party. Man, y'all are all about the parties this morning, aren't you? Yeah, what else? A crawfish boil? Man, y'all are coming up with all kinds of good things. I would like an invitation to the crawfish boil. That sounds really good. All right, any, what else? Anything else we get invitations for? What else do we get invitations for? What else? You can say them out loud. Baby showers, weddings, that's right, yeah, those kinds of things. Weddings, graduations, yeah, do you have one? What else? Ooh, that would be really fun, yeah, another balloon party, what? Yeah, graduation party, all of those things are really good, that's right. So we get, we have invitations for all those kinds of things that sometimes we get in the mail, sometimes people hand them to us, sometimes people send them on email, sometimes people just tell us about this invitation to this wonderful thing that's happening. And I want you to listen in the sermon today for something very specific, okay? Because in a way, Jesus, in today's text, we're studying the Great Commission today, and Jesus is telling us to extend invitations to people, to extend invitations to people to come to know Jesus, to extend invitations to people to come meet him at the church. So I want you to be aware of that, and I want you to think about this. Wednesday night, we start back all of our activities. We have our meal on Wednesday night. We have all of our children's programs. We have all of our youth programs and our choirs and our Bible studies all start back on Wednesday night. And as we think about how to invite people to Jesus, a good place to start is inviting people to church with us. So I hope maybe this week you can make your own invitation and invite somebody with you to come to church on Wednesday night, okay? Let's pray together and we'll go. Father, we thank you for this time together in this place. Lord, we thank you that you give us time. Lord, that you have invited us into relationship with you and have invited us into the church. Lord, we thank you. We pray your blessing over each one of these students. Lord, we pray that you would grow them, take care of them as only you can. 
It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Continue now. If you take your hymnals and turn with me to 576, take the name of Jesus with you. Stand together. Let's sing.
Amen. What a blessing our music ministry is. If you would, find your listening sheet. It should be in the bulletin. We're going to read together Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'll tell you, I am thrilled that at the end of our summer uh, sermon series on the Ten Commandments that we finish with the Great Commission. This is exactly where we need to finish, and this is exactly the word we need today. So let us stand and let's read Matthew 28, 18 through 20 together. This then is the text for today. Then Jesus came and said to them, all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, we all hear the same words. We have heard these same words of the Great Commission over and over and over again in our Christian lives. We have heard these same words, but we have many different reactions. You know, this, this Great Commission, it obviously stands at the end of the Gospel of Matthew as the final words of Jesus Christ. Before the ascension, these are the words that you need to hear. These are the words that you need to take to heart. These were the things, as Matthew's gospel closed, he says, this is what you need to take with you. Here, Jesus is laying out the plan for the future. After the ascension, upon the coming of the Holy Spirit, he is saying, this is the plan. And this is not only the plan for his disciples, but this is the plan for the church. And this is the plan for the First Baptist Church of San Antonio. These words spoken over the disciples 2,000 years ago, handed down through the generations from the apostles to us this very morning. The final words of Jesus giving us all purpose giving us the hope we need to endure. We all hear these same words, but we have many different reactions. Some through history have understood these words to be the prompt for military conquest. Others have used these words to take a track like the Roman road and go to the grocery store and slip it into cases of beer. See, there's a wide range of interpretation of what this passage means and right there in the middle we see the reaction of the disciples forming the early church starting with a few then to three thousand thousands more and it spreads across the globe we all hear the same words but we have many different reactions you know there's some of us that get all hung up on all the all words in this text. You see Jesus saying this is going to all the world. He has all the authority. This is something that will happen always. And this is an exhaustive and extensive context. And when you hear all of these all words, 
throughout the Great Commission, and specifically our command to take this message, the glory of God and the message of the gospel, and take it across the globe, that sounds daunting. It's as daunting as a 20,000-foot mountain left only to be summited by the eccentric. See, we, we read the Great Commission, and so many of us, we react as if we see an impassable mountain standing in front of us. That it, its height is so dramatic that no one like us could ever summit such a place. And so when, when we read all of those all words, we think, well, surely this is not for us. Surely this is not for me. So maybe, maybe it's for the apostles. Maybe it's left for them to consider. Or maybe this is left only for the most adventurous evangelists. Someone like a Billy Graham, he took it and he ran with it. But we, we, have, we, we hear these words, we have these words, and we have different reactions. Many of us, we, we, have, we have thought of it in this way. We, we, we hear these words of the Great Commission. We picture this mountain we could never climb, and we think, how in the world am I going to do that? And instead of swelling with faith, instead of swelling with faith, knowing our, our scriptures that say, you know, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could pick that mountain up and throw it into the sea. Instead of swelling with faith, knowing that we have a grand God who could accomplish anything, even through the least of us, instead of swelling with faith, we relax in relief and give ourselves permission to ignore the Great Commission, the final words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. We hear all the same words, but we have many different reactions. Some take it with a global conquest of a dictator. Others relax in their recliners, leaving it to everyone else. But we must do something different. In fact, we, we must chart a biblical course through the middle of those absurdities into the truth of Jesus Christ. See, we are going to set out on this way together on a way to obediently follow the words of Jesus Christ as we are perfectly prompted by the Christ himself. In fact, I'm reminded of James chapter 1 when I consider our present situation. James chapter 1, it tells us you must not be uh, just a hearer of the word. Hearers who deceive themselves, hearers who delude themselves, but you must be a doer of the word. In fact, there is this great gulf between those who hear the Word of God and those that do the Word of God. So many of us, we, we, we are doing well in our knowledge of the Scriptures. We are taking in this, some of us even daily, soaking this Word into our hearts and into our lives. But the only reaction to soaking the Word into your life is to become a doer of the Word. This is what we mean by obedience, that you will obey the things that Jesus Christ has called us to do. You see, now, our general demeanor here at First Baptist San Antonio has, has been a bit different, especially when it comes to witnessing. See, when it comes to, to witnessing and being a witness for the Lord, we, we don't have the scorched earth model as some do. We, we usually go the other way. And for far too long, 
We have deceived ourselves thinking we can fulfill the great commission from the comfort of our recliners. And that's just not the case. You cannot be obedient unto the word of the Lord from the comfort of your recliner. So we push back on all the scorched earth models of evangelism and witnessing, and we recline back and trust someone else to do it. But you see, our future together is different. It's getting up out of our recliners and doing exactly what Jesus Christ has told us to do. Forgetting all those previous reactions and moving, moving forward in the spirit this day. See, and as we do, there's some very specific steps I believe we need to take together as a church. And here's the first of those specific steps. I want us to keep in mind two biblical stories. In fact, I want you to take these stories and, and I want you to, to nurture them and hold them and hold them close to your heart for the months to come. In fact, maybe we need to commit to something like this. We're going to commit to reading these stories together every week for the rest of the year as we consider what it means to witness well for the Lord. So these, these are the two stories. Mark this down. We need to read and continue to reread the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little man in Luke 19. And we need to read the story of the Ethiopian from the queen's court in Acts chapter 8. Read both of these stories over and over again to shape our witness. As I've prayed about what's next for the future of our church, it, it is wrapped up in this, in witnessing well. And God has brought these two stories to the forefront to help shape how we are going to witness well as First Baptist Church in San Antonio, Texas. And as you begin to read those stories, the story of Zacchaeus, the story of the Ethiopian, you're going to notice all kinds of principles and opportunities in these two texts. But where you need to begin is in the, the, con, uh, in the context of this, this tax collector, Zacchaeus. God was already working on his heart. Zacchaeus couldn't wait to see Jesus Christ. And with that Ethiopian from the Queen's Court, th this, this Ethiopian couldn't, couldn't wait to hear the interpretations of the scripture. His Bible was open and he was waiting for somebody to explain it to him. He couldn't wait for somebody to tell him about Jesus Christ. See, God was working overtime in their hearts. Before someone even shared the gospel with them, uh, God, God was there working on him, nurturing him, softening their hearts. God had done so much in their hearts already that just hearing the name of Jesus Christ caused both of these men to immediately give up their old ways of life and follow him from that day forward. You see, when Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, we believe him. We, we believe that he has already been working on the hearts and lives of the people that interact in your life. There, there, are, there are people in your life right now just like Zacchaeus just like that Ethiopian that are just longing for someone to speak the name of Jesus Christ to them. Countless people ready to hear the gospel. See, some of us listening right now, we are at that moment where, where God has been stirring within us for some time now, and we have failed to make that commitment to him, to say, Lord, I am handing my life over to you. I give my entire self to you. 
I give everything that I have to you. Some of us have yet to make that commitment to give him ourselves. He's been stirring. and He's saying, today is the day. Now is the time for you to commit your life to me. You know, one of the other things that these stories reveal is these, these Zacchaeuses up in a tree, they're all around us. These, these Ethiopians, they're, they're there. And, and speaking the name of Jesus to them will be like a cool breeze on a hot summer day. You see, many of us have always de defined evangelism as a moment of confrontation where, where a debate ensues and, and an argument happens and by wit you convince someone that Jesus is real. But let me tell you, that picture is so wrong, it's not funny. You are never going to be able to argue somebody into heaven. If God isn't already working in their heart, you're not going to convince them. You're not going to be the one to calm their fears and satisfy their doubts. That's only the work of the Lord. In fact, our, our work is to do something different. We're, we're not to be the Savior. We're just the Savior's helper. We're the ones that walk hand in hand with Him. And see, here's... here's Here's how I see this moving forward for us, the way forward for First Baptist San Antonio. Some of this we talked about in our Time for Teaching on Witnessing. In fact, I would ask you to go back and go to our website and Google Time for Teaching on Witness. It's, it's the, the Time for Teaching number two we just did a few weeks ago. We talk about this for about 45 minutes, all of these next steps where they might be. I'm going to give you just a preview of that. I'm going to give you the first three, but there's more after those three. You can find the rest of them on our website. But we're going to get started today in this way. So the first thing that we're going to do, which is what we always do around here, is we are going to pray first. Right? So it's the number one thing that we're going to do in response to Jesus' call in the Great Commission is pray first. See, prayer is where we will find the wisdom of the Lord and where we will find our strength to endure. This, this is where we are emboldened with truth. This is where we'll find the ways of the Lord is when we are on our knees in prayer. We will never go out and be an effective witness without first being on our knees in prayer. And I want you to pray very specifically. Pray specifically that God will open our eyes to the hearts that he's already working on. And so as you read about Zacchaeus and as you read about the Ethiopian, say, Lord, include me in your work and open my eyes to people like that. People that you're already working on and, and they're ready and they can't wait to meet you, Lord. Open my eyes so that I can see them who are ripe for harvest. Open my eyes, Lord, that I can see people the way you see people. We are, we are so prejudiced and, and we are so cut off that, that we don't see people the way God sees people. We need to ask, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see them with the grace and love that you see them. Help me to, to know your ways and see them clearly. Lord, include me in your ongoing work in each one of these lives. So that's number one. I want you to pray first, and God will intervene. That is an active thing for us to do. No, number two for us is, is awareness. So as you, you move out of a stance of prayer, you get up off your knees, and you begin to, to step into your week. 
You keep your eyes and ears open for what God is doing. God has ordained moments of holiness. The, these moments of the Spirit, these, these God-ordained meetings that you will have with people all through this week. Pray, and, and as you prayed, God's going to begin to open your eyes to those things, and you're going to see them for what they are. Not just a passing encounter, but a moment that God ordained. Being aware of all of the people who intersect our lives and, and try to see and try to hear who's, who's Zacchaeus and who's just the rest of the crowd. You, you'll see in that story of Zacchaeus, Jesus pushes through the crowd to reach up and touch this one man and take him to lunch. Help us to see who God's working on. You know, as we do, and as we begin to do this as a church, just to be aware the people in our lives that God is working on and to, to be aware of what God's doing around us, you, you can fall into a couple of traps of awareness. And I want us to take note of those this morning. See, as we begin to obey the Great Commission, we quickly fall into, into a couple of different traps. One of them is we start to pray, and, and we pray asking God to work on all the people we think he should work on. So we bring God a to-do list. And we tell God, these are the names, Lord, that you need to be working on right now. And so as we go to God with this list, and then we begin to fight doggedly for them in prayer. And whenever we see them, we, we fight doggedly for them and with them. Now, there's a place for that. But more often than not, and hear me here, as we witness, more often than not, our own preconceived notions of who we think God should work on blinds us from who he's actually working on. When we go to God with a plan and say, this is who you need to be working on, we begin to chase those rabbit trails instead of following him completely exactly where he's going. So as you begin to, to, to look into this world and, and understand who's God working on, who do I need to draw in near to, leave behind all those preconceived notions and prejudices and say, Lord, include me in your work wherever that is today, whoever that's with. I'm not even going to claim to know who that is, but Lord, make me aware. Show me in my eyes. Let me hear with my ears exactly whose heart you're working on today. And so as we pray to God first, we don't come with a list of names. We come with an open heart and ask God to bring them to mind and show you through the day who he's working on. Often, it's not someone you ever thought he'd be working on. Let me give you another trap uh, of awareness that we'll find ourselves in as we witness. You know, as we begin to, to, to pray and say, God, open my eyes. Who, who are you working on? Who do I need to draw in near to? Well, one of the things that, that can happen is there, there's a lot more Pharisees around us than we realize. This is what I mean. The Pharisees, you saw them last week. They asked Jesus all kinds of spiritual questions. They have all kinds of things to ponder. They have things to debate. They have the religious questions to bring to the Lord. But it's just for the sake of the debate. They just like to argue. They just like to talk about the spiritual things. And you'll be surprised how many people, as you try to gain awareness of who God's working on, there, there's a lot of people in our lives that really just, just like to debate and ponder the spiritual. They're not necessarily folks God is working on, 
They, they, just, they just like to, to talk, and they're just drawn into the novelty of spiritual conversations. And, and, and those moments can drain us too. And so be aware of that trap. Sometimes God's working there, but, but other times he isn't. And we, we need to ask God clearly, show me, who's, who are you working on? Whose heart is being softened to this message of the gospel? Not just people who want to debate, but people who are ready to commit their lives to the Lord. You see, and as we continue to pray and ask God to open our, our eyes, we're, we're going to have this awareness of the situation. We're, we're going to be able to know the crowd to walk through to find Zacchaeus. And then we get to the third thing we to consider this morning. You see, when, when, when we, see, we see him or we see the Ethiopian that God is working on, we're, we're going to engage them. Engage them in, in, in friendly spiritual conversation that leads to the gospel. You see, this, this, is, this is what we must do. When God begins to reveal, I'm stirring in the heart of this person who has intersected your life, then we have a responsibility by the word of the Lord to step in and begin a conversation with them. Where we, we say the name of Jesus and we bring them the healing words and the peaceful words of the Christ that we find here in our scriptures. We have to bring them the hope and purpose of the gospel. There is a great treasure that we hold in our hands, and when we keep it to ourselves, we are a failure. See, we find our effectiveness when, when we are aware of those God's working on, and we lean in near to them, we share life with them, and we share the gospel with them, and we share conversations with them. This is a beautiful and perfect way forward for us as a church that has already been set in motion some 2,000 years ago. And so this is the way that we will go. And in fact, as all of this unfolds, there's, there's really just two, two responses for us this morning. In fact, as we move into a time of response, these are the two things that need to be on our heart and on our mind. The, the first one is really kind of the opposite of the Great Commission. See, the, the first one, before the Great Commission can ever happen, we have to draw in near to the Lord. We have to come in, right? Before we can go, you have to come in near. And so if we, we aren't there yet, if we're still distant from the Lord, if, if sin has separated us from our Lord, we, we have to come to him and draw in near to the Lord and learn to obey Jesus Christ. It's just where some of us are this morning, where we, we need to come in nearer to the Lord. But there's others of us, and so a after we begin to take that responsibility on and, and the Lord touches us through His Spirit. Then we need to go. We need to go out and teach others to obey and, and teach others what it means to obey Jesus Christ. And so, so we have this, this similar but opposite call on this this morning. We're, we're either being called in near to Jesus, which we must do, or then we're being sent out to go and teach others to obey Him. He's saying, this is the way forward, and this is who we have to be as individuals, and this is who we have to be as a church. This message of hope and purpose is for all the world to hear, and the way for all of the world to hear is for you to be faithful exactly where you are today. Let's pray together.
Lord, we thank you for this time together. We're grateful for your word. We are grateful for the work of your spirit. And we pray now that as we begin to respond, Lord, that you would teach us your ways. Lord, that you would give us the courage and will for obedience. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You're going to have uh, time to respond now. And every one of us is going to respond to God in some way this morning. There's some options on the bottom of your listening sheet, three different ways. Maybe you take one of these and respond to God in one of those ways this morning in this time. There's other, other ways to respond too. Uh, we can come to the front and kneel for prayer. We, we need to use the altar for prayer. Come and do that. Um, I, myself and, and Brian will be down here to come and, and accept you for prayer. We're happy to pray with you. Uh, this is the time to, to uh, visit with us about accepting Christ as your Savior or, or joining our church together. Um, as, the, as the music plays, you come down and, and visit with us. This is all this, also the time we sing and, and we give and we give cheerfully. In all of these ways, we're going to respond to our Lord. But as a church, what we're committing to is we're going to be obedient. Even in these next few minutes, we are going to be obedient to the Lord. So if you need to remain seated to respond, please do so. The rest of us, let us stand and respond together.
prepare to enter our time of offering now. Hear now our prayer prompt. And keep this before you, not just now, but all week long as we consider this great commission for us all. Father, as your children, we have stood at the foot of the mountain as you commanded us to live and love like your son. Now we stand on the mountain as he sends us out to all who are thirsty, praying they will stand with us before your throne. And in worship, we will cry together, salvation to our God on his throne, salvation to the Lamb. Amen, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Continue to worship through giving.
Good morning. My name is Abe Hawkins, and this is my wife, Kelly, and we have two children, Faith and Gabriel. We've been a part of the First Baptist Church family for about two years. We were aware of Christianity Explored since joining the church. However, it wasn't until hearing a testimony from a couple that had just completed Christianity Explored um, that we began to think about the option of our family participating in that program. The study, of, the study of the book of Mark and Christianity Explored focused on the life of Jesus, the good news that he brings, and answers some difficult questions that are being asked in our world today. We felt this was very relevant for ourselves and our two teenagers to experience. So we decided to join the Wednesday evening Christianity Explored class. This impacted our family in three ways. First, we were able to spend valuable time together by being in a small group Bible study as a family for about 10 weeks. Secondly, the multi-generational component of discussing and applying God's truth about Jesus' life was most impactful for my children. My, my son was the youngest in our small group, and I have to say that I was not the oldest in the group. Each of us from a different set of perspective and experiences. Finally, Christianity Explored was a tool that helped equip us to share the love of Christ within our sphere of influence. I vividly remember the first evening that we started Christianity Explored that Wednesday night. There was a young couple that was walking into the church who were visiting and had never been there and they had three children. They came that evening to have their children participate in the youth activities. And after we got them placed, I asked them if they would like to um, come to Christianity Explored with us. Not only did they come that evening, but they continued on throughout the rest of the program for the 10 weeks and the study. And I say that because um, the gospel and the good news is for everyone at every stage of life. And just like Pastor Chris said this morning, we encourage you to pray about participating yourself, your family, but also to be aware of who God is already at work. And he was already at work with this young couple and invite them to come. Thank you, Hawkes family, for being, being faithful here at church and being faithful at Baptist University of the Americas. We're grateful for their work. A few things from me. Uh, please remember, this Wednesday night, all of our Wednesday night activities will kick back off. So we'll have our dinner at 5 o'clock. Miss Betty will have that ready, and it will be wonderful. So we hope you'll come eat with us. And then at 6 o'clock, all the rest of our activities for our children, our youth, our prayer time together, all of it will be going strong starting back this Wednesday night. So please uh, make the time to be here and be a part of that time together. Also, you'll see this Tuesday, our Tuesday morning women's Bible study begins back for the fall semester. 9.30 a.m. They're going to study the book of Revelation this time around. And so uh, we'd love you to come and be a part of that. That's always a wonderful time together, uh, a great time of study. And we also see on here, there, we have re-engage in this church. And one of the things that we want to commit to having a strong marriage ministry, to strengthen our marriage um, and do well and be a good example of marriage um, in the community. One of the ways that we do that is through our re-engage program, which will begin on September 4th. It's a Wednesday night. Uh, I think we've had three groups go through re-engage so far, and they have been fantastic. In fact, each time it has grown and been a wonderful time of strengthening marriages um, and marriages of all ages. And so it's been a wonderful time 
to have that time together. And so grateful. And so we'd love for you to see that and be a part of that. Also, we'd just like to take a, a moment of privilege and say, Ron, uh, our mayor, thank you for being here today. We pray for you often. And we are grateful for your leadership and will continue to pray for you. And so we commit to that and pray for you and your family in this city, um, as we do often. You'll also see in front of me this beautiful flower arrangement. These are given to the glory of God and to the grateful celebration of the 60th wedding anniversary of Ken and Florence Crow. So we thank God for them. They're right over there. Sixty years. We thank God for your faithfulness. Amen. Same day that we talk about Great Commission, we, we have a baptism. Same day that we kick off a re-engage ministry, we celebrate 60 years. This is a good testimony. This is why we have church with so many generations. We can celebrate all these milestones together. We are dismissed today with Tell It Out With Gladness. This has been our, our hymn of dismissal this entire quarter. So we sing it for the last time today. Let's sing it with joy. Tell it out with gladness. Bless you all.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.